93.7FM. Good afternoon, everybody. I am Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. This, of course, is the Spirits of New Mexico here for a Saturday evening or your Facebook Live, your Thursday morning at 10 a.m. And, yep, the party gets started a little bit early as we set off into the sunset of our week with Jim Hammond and uh, Kevin Petrosnik. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? We're doing good. That's really nice bass. Uh, the guy playing the bass on that is really good. That really set that up. Good afternoon, Eddie. Or morning. Or afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Depending upon when you're watching. Well, yeah. Right. We'll, we'll translate for you if you aren't sure what we're talking about here. By the way, that is the Oscar Peterson Trio. You look good to me. And as always, we uh, beam that music directly from abq.fm. Great music for the rest of the Saturday night uh, as well, or Thursday afternoon. We've got classical music, cool jazz, classic oldies, all the great stuff that uh, you love directly at abq.fm. We've got a fun show, and we're going to kick oh, yeah. it off with some... We are the Spirits of New Mexico. We're going to kick After it off all. first with some spirits before we get into... The program that uh, Jim Hammond, sommelier, has uh, prepared uh, for us. And, of course, uh, you can find his compendium on the wines of New Mexico called Wines of Enchantment. And it is available on Amazon.com. So Kevin's going to bring us into a uh, brand-new tequila, which is taking the world by storm with that uh, Hollywood connection. But it's not Hollywood. It's the no, sports it's world. No, it's right? Yeah, it really it's is. Sports connection. This yeah. is uh yeah this is an interesting product. It, it literally just landed in our warehouse like within the last 24 hours. That's well, how that's how new a product this is for us wow. in New Mexico. You guys Google. are seeing it first here, folks. So uh, what we're talking about today is a tequila called Cincoro, which is sort of uh, a combination of the words Cinco five and Oro gold. So it was sort of a mashup of those words. And uh, I'm going to show the, show a picture of the bottle here. This is uh, yeah, oh yeah, can we have to show the can bottle. Can we see that? Right, right up a little bit closer to the camera, so you can just there you go, and a little bit up. There you go, and you can see uh, that it's. Yeah, I got to show up on the TV in front of you there, Jim. <laughs> I just noticed that. Yeah. See if you can see it on the. Anyway, so this is a fascinating product. This is a Cincoro Tequila. Um, it's five NBA owners that have started this product, and of which one of them is most notably Michael Jordan part of this group but it's also owners from the lakers uh from the milwaukee bucks and the boston celtics two owners of the celtics so it's a, a interesting mashup of product but what makes this tequila so interesting besides the fact that it's ultra premium and they're going for a smooth finish but long finish so you know you kind of have to balance that that blend between smooth and long sometimes when you go for smooth you lose the long and so they were able to find that and what they're doing is they're mixing Highland, both high, distilled Highland tequilas and Lowland tequilas out of Jalisco. And so this brings together uh, a combination of, of what they're looking for. And, and this has a full range. We have a Blanco, a Reposado, uh, an Añejo, which is what we're showing you here, and an extra Añejo. Um, and, and price ranges, you're talking, you know, the, the Blanco is 75 going to be retail for about 75 The Añejo, uh, the uh, Reposado is going to be in the um, $99 range. And then the Añejo is going to be about 135 And then the extra Añejo is going to be about 1600 a bottle. So, yeah. Did you say 1600 Yeah, I did. As in the, the yeah. name of my station? Uh, I understand as in what the word extra is all about. Now. Well, the okay. extra age over three, three years. You got so, $1,600, yeah. and it's a special occasion. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the extra Añejo is, but it uh, might, might just mean extra money. But that's pretty extra, incredible. Extra, aged, extra aging. Extra aging. Yeah, yeah. three yeah. years plus. So, uh, anyway... The point is, it's just getting out now. You're going to see it hitting stores. It's going to be in some of your favorite shops around town. And um, I can't say where yet because we just started selling it. 
So when it gets out there, we're gonna we'll, we'll certainly give you an update on it because it just started, it just released today. So, but anyway, we wanted to bring in it was something special for you guys. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thought, as always, uh, and this is a uh, Jim. Jim things. looks like he's having a, a, oh, yeah. a an out of body experience over <laughs> <Yeah>. there <laughs> with this tequila. <laughs> it's kind of a, a, a bit of a, there, a, a different uh, taste of uh, different tequilas, but. Uh, let's talk more about the physicality of the bottle, which is oh, yeah. uh, almost like a, a championship NBA trophy, if you will. It really is. It's really fascinating. It's a fi- it, this, this, besides the tequila having won already 20-plus awards, gold medals, double gold medals, and competitions and spear competitions, the bottle itself is, is, uh, has won awards for design. So it, you, I if you it. can see this, it's at a it's it's pitched at a twenty three degree angle. Twenty three. Uh huh. What would that be for? Yeah. Oh, uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's a five sided bottle for five. The, rep, representing the five owners. Okay. And um, yeah, if you if you laid down this bottle and put twenty three of them next to each other, it would form a perfect circle. So wow. those are some of the cool little nuances of this packaging, and and across the neck it says uh, share truth. There's a, yeah, it's, it's, you know, so much more than a, than a tequila really, Kevin, you're selling a, a way of life there with the, the, uh, the, the, what's the name of it again? Sincoro. 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 And, and if someone does form a complete circle, I want to go to their house. <laughs> you like, you like it that much, huh? <laughs> That's excellent. It really yeah. is. That's yeah. I, I love you know, all different types of tequilas anyway, but that one is about as smooth, mellow and yeah, very cognac like. And look, they make no bones about it. There, there's a competitive set here. If you like, if you think of Don Julio, 1942, falls in the uh, Clase Azul tequila. Like, there's a couple of tequilas that fall into this ultra premium category. Is really what yeah. it is. And some of the fine folks that are working on this uh, product, from from a marketing and, and uh, promotional standpoint, were uh, the team behind, uh, at one point, behind making Patron the success okay. that it has become today. Huh. Yep. So yeah, it's a it's a so it's a group of people that really know how to market and promote tequila. So they have, a, I mean, they really have a championship team, so to speak. Do you ex- anticipate that uh, being uh, carried by uh, places other than liquor stores? I mean, given the size of the bottle. Yeah, not... actually, yeah, we're going to see it on. Yeah, you're going to see it in restaurants, really? on back bars. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. fine dining. Absolutely, you'll see it. Um, and you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. Yeah, I've, I, we're suggesting maybe it's a, maybe it's twenty three dollars. A glass might be the right price for that. Just you know, <laughs> two ounce, uh, two point three ounce pour. Two point right? three ounce pour, of course. Yeah, right? Yeah. See, see, Eddie. I'm we, all involved in the marketing of this stuff we're all already. Yeah. But anyway, I well, thought it was. This is this will be the only way that I actually support the NBA in any way, shape, or form. So, but you had to allow me at least oh. one one little thing. There we go. Anyway, yeah. I thought since the show is titled "The Spirits of New Mexico" and not, uh. not just "The Wines of New Mexico," because we do a lot of wine, mm. right? Yeah, we do a lot of wine. But let's. Uh, I wanted to bring something to you guys, so. Thank you for indulging me, allowing me to kick off the show with a little taste of, oh, of some you, premium. I'll indulge you any time you bring something like that in. <laughs> Don't leave it here, though. I know, right? That, that, <laughs> no, that, that would be to, bad. Yeah, let, let, let other people taste that. That's something that should be absolutely shared. And uh, by the way, folks, it is, believe it or not, that good. It is, yeah. It's it got is. That and that's coming from Eddie, who really doesn't like that many spirits. Uh, yeah, I don't. So if, if Eddie, if we got Eddie's, <laughs> but I, and, that, and that that means it's a ringing endorsement. If we got Eddie's endorsement yeah. for something that he doesn't, a, a category that he doesn't particularly care for, then I know it's a it's a it's a great product. I do want the empty though, Kevin. I will tell you that. I, I will that, promise that, that to you. Yeah, you that it. that okay. bottle is yep. that cool. It yeah. really is. Yeah, it is. So. 
So anyway, Jim, what have you got for us yeah. on the other side of spirit? Let's shift from the focus from spirits over to back over to wine. Well, what, in, what, in this case, we're going to actually uh, be investigating a particular grape, the Sauvignon Blanc grape, uh, originated in France, and but it's all over the world. In fact, we're going to take a tour of part of this little world. And uh, interestingly, uh, I hadn't mentioned this before, Eddie, but when I was uh, checking the uh, magnum edition of the Wine Folly, and, and they were talking about the Sauvignon Blanc and stuff like that, on the other page, they uh, she was talking about the three primo areas that you should be trying. One was France. She was actually talking about the Loire Valley. Right. The, the one I have here is the Entre du Mer, but this is the origin of the grape. And then the uh, second one she had was North Coast California. And... Uh, as it happens, the Ferrari Corano that we have for that, representing that as a Fumé Blanc, is from the North Coast. And the third one is New Zealand. So we're basically representing what she is, identifies as the three class, classic zones where you can really see different expressions of this grape. Um, all of them are wonderful, but all of them have their own uniqueness about them. Uh, and I've tried I, the Tuatia we have here is the first time I'll, I'm actually trying this one. But the Ferrari Corano, I've been trying that for years. This like 35 years they've been making Ferrari Corano. Um, I don't know if I've actually been drinking it that that long, but for a long time. You're an expert sampler on Ferrari Corano. Yes, I am. Yes. I am absolutely. You're, you're a master of Ferrari Corano <laughs> at this point. You graduated to the master class. Okay. So we've well, got three <laughs> bottles, and uh, remember, uh, folks, please uh, drink responsible. We will not, even though we're amongst three people, not consuming all of these. Not anywhere uh, close. Today. No. Yeah. no. So just these are just sip, that. sips and sips and tastings, and and getting the nuances of the product. This is not a a drinking session. This is a tasting. Exercise. Right. It's a test, a, a, a tasting and a, an appreciation for what comes from these. All from the same, uh, very wonderful grape. Um, so this is one of the most popular white wine grapes around. Uh, and it's uh, very versatile. Uh, it's a very food friendly wine. It took uh, some convincing because this was my this was my choice this week of of where yeah. to go because and a good choice. And yeah. Uh, yeah. this is my favorite grape. So okay. I'm glad we're doing this. This is oh, good. This is by well, far my favorite grape. Absolutely. Well, you inspired me, obviously, because we have three <laughs> bottles here now. <laughs> so it, it must it must have took. Uh, so uh, again, very lively flavors. You know, the, the uh, it, it wasn't that long ago I was writing an article uh, for one of the magazines, and I was talking about you know it had really good acidity. And she said, "Don't don't say acidity." I, I said, "Well, that's what it has." And I was thinking from a technical standpoint, but actually she's right. It was very crisp. Oh, That's the yes. term that we use, right? Instead of saying acidic, because acidic has bad connotations for some people. Yeah, they think of indigestion. Uh, yeah, they, it's they like, I don't want to indigest my wine. What are you talking about? So we're really talking about the crispness of the wine and lively and fresh are all terms that really relate to that aspect. And that's what we enjoy in a Sauvignon Blanc is that, you know, Chardonnays can be crisp and light like that too uh, in the in the Burgundy area. But a lot of the ones you encounter don't have that same, oh, wow. This is a serious wine kind of feel when you drink it. So that's part of what makes this special. And it's um, it's uh, one of the, the things you have to be aware of since one of the ones we're going to try is New Zealand. If you haven't tried New Zealand wines before, um, maybe have a little cheese or something to go along with it when you try it the first time because your, your uh, cheeks are going to sink in um, almost all the way because of the astringent hit you just got, and then you're going to talk like this, Whoa, what, was, what was that? And uh, so that's not good. So just be, be aware, uh, it, it does have a, a very acidic back, uh, 
phone. Uh, and that's part of what people love about this. It's great with food. That's the whole thing is if you have food with, with uh, a New Zealand uh, Sauvignon Blanc, it'll be fabulous because it pairs so well with food. And it, 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 it the food kind of balances out some of it'll the... It'll cut through anything. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> basically what you're trying to say. <laughs> exactly. It won't cut through anything. You don't, you don't, you don't need a knife with this it's wine. It's like a Ginza knife, it. this, this wine. Yeah. Cut, <laughs> <a> knife. <laughs> I don't think we want to give it that connotation. Okay. That may right. turn people off. So let's not try that one. Um, again, a lot of these are, are fine standalone uh, wines as, as well. The uh, Casablanca Chilean ones... In particular, I like because they have some of, some of, some of what the, the old world and new world have. But I'm off topic a bit on that. Anyway, uh, oh, by the way, that's a interesting detour. What is Chile considered new world? I would imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, I just want to be sure in our they, classification. Yeah. So they, anything that's not European is pretty much new world. Right. Uh, well, Europe and parts of Asia, like Greece, which okay. is part of Asia. So obviously that's part of the birthplace. So you know uh, the Europe and and Asia. Um, are are where we, we consider the old world. And uh, obviously there's a lot of new things going on there. And, and that's then, always a nice thing to kind of throw out, especially if you're sort of new to wine, is to throw out where it's at and at least kind of putting that. Into, I think it adds something to your you know experience in terms oh, of absolutely. expanding the world, that it's not just wine for wine. It's old world, new world. You get an yeah. expression. It's interesting that South American Sauvignon Blancs haven't caught on and become as popular as some of the other regions. I I just can't figure out. I haven't. Maybe they just haven't found their way yet in terms of uniqueness. I've seen, I've seen a lot of the lower end ones uh, that 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 have been here that that people are buying up because they they can do a really good job with those. Yeah, I think they do a great job with them. I just haven't seen it hit that popularity level. Like we, you know, we don't no. sell a ton of South American Sauvignon Blancs. Oh no, 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 absolutely not. No, if if you're looking for one, it's either going to be a, a French one yep. or or a California one, um, or, or or a New Zealand one. Yeah. Those those are the which is the, the three we're actually talking about. So there you go. Um, and of course, you may not know this, but uh, Sauvignon Blanc, uh, along with Cabernet Franc, uh, were the the two grapes that were crossed to give us Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm-hmm. And that's why it has those two words in it because those were the two grapes that uh, that evolved that particular offspring. Of uh, those two wines, uh, that's interesting. Uh, why why Kevin uh, why this is his preferred grape? And I think it really tells him too, you know, what he likes so much about uh, Cabernets. Which parts? Of yeah, it, that's probably right? fair. Yeah. yeah, that's probably in there. I'll give you that. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, it, it some people if they are always going for Chardonnay are are going to have a little difficult time. They have to make an adjustment. I think. Okay. It took me, yeah. I, actually, when I first started drinking wine, I didn't enjoy Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. It was it was something that was an acquired taste over time. Exactly. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, Chardonnay is more approachable uh, without question. And uh, so a lot of people could slip into that one more easily. And if you're getting a lot of the oaky, buttery uh, Chardonnays that California was coming out with, uh, which is almost like soda pop, then you went to something like this. Oh, no, this is a serious wine. Okay, let me kick back here a little bit. And in fact, I even uh, channeled uh, Miles from uh, Sideways a little bit, saying, <laughs> "No effing Sauvignon Blanc." Uh, and, and my wife Barbara liked him. I said, "No, no, that's too grassy." And blah, blah 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 blah. You know, I, 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 I won't even taste them. And I was just like, "No, I'm embarrassed to think about that now." <laughs> but it, out on a lot of good wines. Add that to the wine snob list. Of yeah, things, of things said. It, exactly, it, exactly. Be a copo. 
Uh, so anyway, and we talked about WinePod before. They have a really nice graph, a lot of good graphics. This is an which awesome is, graph. Isn't this great? Yeah. So so she has one talking about you know less or more ripe grape. Now, one of the things to be aware of in, in the old world, it's going to be less ripe. The growing season is less, although that's changing now. Uh, we're getting a little bit longer growing seasons. Uh, the Bordeaux area in particular, where the first wine comes from, is, is one that is benefiting from a lot more good vintage years than had been in the past. But nonetheless, you start out with kind of lime flavors, and then you go into the, the old gooseberry area, mm-hmm. and then in the kiwi fruit, and then into peach, which is what they're expressing on, on this. I remember you saying the gooseberry thing last time and the lime, and I thought that was sort of strange. But uh, it's now something that we can kind of say all the time with Savignon. That was oh, yeah. that was my first, you know, well, plus the smell. Yeah, we'll that, talk, uh, get into that later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the, uh, the the gooseberry. Well, the, the first ones that really uh, clarified that uh, to an astonishing degree were the New Zealand um, Sauvignon Blancs, and, and of course, they one of the terms they use internally, not on any label I've ever seen. Of course, was it's like happy on a gooseberry bush. And uh, <laughs> when I first read that, I said, "Really?" And then I smelled it. And I said, "Oh, yeah, you know." I, I'll never break that association now. It'll always yeah. be there. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but any, anyway, gooseberry, again, if you're not familiar with that, try in New Zealand, Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, I always like to use the term tropical or uh, grassy, right? And, gra- and together, yeah. like grassy tropical. Like they almost, it almost like those two things together yeah. at the same time. Especially when you have the, when the therizines are, are flowing, which well, we'll also talk about. By the way, <laughs> gooseberries used to be banned. It was, they were illegal. Really? Yeah. Uh, they're making a comeback now that they're no longer uh, banned, but they used to be illegal. In the early 1900s, the growing of a gooseberry and related currants became federally banned because of the fungal disease called white pine blister rust, which is a mm-hmm. deadly disease for all species of white pine, which includes the ancient bristlecone pines. So they banned them, and then they uh, sort of brought them back. It looks like... The 1940s, I want to say that they, you know, unbanned them. So there, wow. there they huh. are. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So the um, so, so the, the first place we're going to visit then, largely oh. here, is going to be France. And uh, the, so Sauvignon Blanc, of course, originated in France. So I figured it makes sense to talk about that first. And uh, we've already been sampling this, that particular wine anyway, uh, which is a really good one. That this is. Uh, Sauvignon de Seguin, it's a entre du mer. We'll be talking about that in more detail. A 2018, the other two are 2019, but otherwise fairly close. And, and again, usually you're drinking Sauvignon uh, when they're young. That's when they have their most expression. But although there are some that will age more and can be quite wonderful, like a Sancerre. Um, and that's the other area. It's a, so there's two distinctive areas where they think it evolved. I don't know if they've actually identified for sure. Well, it definitely came from the Bordeaux area or it definitely came from the Loire Valley. But they are two separate areas uh, that are very distinctive in the, in the type of wines that they, that they provide. Uh, the uh, Loire Valley, of course, is uh, farther, farther north. We talked about it uh, briefly when we mentioned the Chablis grape because we said the, the, the uh, Chablis, of course, is a Chardonnay. But it's in the middle of an area with a uh, chalk, uh, a lot of chalk limestone areas. And, in fact, the chalk areas go all the way through from the Chablis area through the Loire Valley. 
And the final, the final destination of it, if you will, is the White Cliffs of Dover, to which, to my knowledge, no one has tried to make any wine from. But, you know, uh, it's a kind of a scary up there with all the wind blowing and everything. Probably wouldn't be that good. But anyway, other than that, 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 and that minerality is part of, is expressive in the Sancerre wines from there. And another one we'll talk about more. Hui Fume. Oh, yes. Okay. So, Hui Fume, not to be confused with Hui Fuise, which is a Chardonnay one. Uh, that's a Chardonnay based uh, wine from the Burgundy area. This is a Sauvignon Blanc, uh, which, which has, you know, the Fume part may have just been part of what their, their expression for it. And they do use some oak up, up there. So uh, in New, New Zealand, they, they typically do uh, unoaked, both Chardonnays and Sauvignon Blancs. But in, in France, they, they do use some, some oak with it, uh, which adds a different characteristic to it. The oak is going to add other elements to it that you wouldn't normally get. So that's part of what makes it different. And we'll find out later that that term, fumé, as well as, as uh, Blanc, has been used as a marketing term by yet another than Mr. Mondavi. And uh, that's where he was getting the idea from. He, he said, because his wines, he was actually going to do dry fermented, uh, so no sweetness, which is the way the French do it, of course. And he was also going to, he also wanted to do it with some oak expression, which was totally different than the Sauvignons at the time there. They, they were without oak, and they typically had a little bit of sweetness. So he said, what am I going to do? I says, well, let's see. You know, I just heard about this Puy Fume up there in the Loire Valley, and that's kind of, sounds kind of sexy to me. Anyway, why, why don't I combine that word with the Blanc? So I'll come up with Fume Blanc. So we just took the word? Yeah. It was a total marketing. Yeah. Thing. Yep. So Fume Blanc means nothing <laughs> except that it's, it's a term used to describe a style of Sauvignon Blanc. Were the French Cal- offended in California. about this yeah. at all? I mean, Are, was there some sort of offense taken by the French because of this or anybody? The, the, the French are offended by everything, so it doesn't matter, <laughs> really. <laughs> Any, anyway, uh, but, yeah, that's that. Uh, in some cases, it is to identify a characteristic. You might recall we had one of the wine stop moments was uh, a woman w- was saying she wanted actually a Ferrari Corrano from May Blanc, and they gave her an, another Sauvignon Blanc. She says, I hate Sauvignon Blanc. I want Fumé Blanc. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> we understand. Fine. And so, so anyway, the Entre du Mer. So if you can, uh, we, we talked, we've been in the Bordeaux area many times before. So we, we know we have the Gironde River, you know, uh, six miles across at its mouth, very wide. And then it, it channels down and then it turns into the Dordogne and uh, above and the Garonne uh, River down below. So it splits into two streams. And that forms, if you will, kind of a delta with, again, you would, as you would expect, you have definitely maritime influences uh, because you're going right down a big river. And uh, so the entre deux de mer means between two seas, which, of course, is what the Atlantic is, uh, where we're flowing in. Of course, it's not, it may actually have some salt to it. I don't know uh, what, when it gets in that, that far. But, Did you uh, say salt? Well, it's it's the the river is is, is formed from the the, the ocean, right? So, so I don't think you would get salt that that far down. Okay, but uh, it, 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 the the salt aspect will go in to to some distance in, into rivers, but it it still identifies it. Entre du Mer, two seas. It's really kind of a, a really a nice, nice yeah, name. Yeah, it is a nice name. 
I, I like a lot. And th- this is the widest uh, subregion in the Bordeaux area, uh, a very broad area. The, uh, Sauvignon Blanc is, is one of the grapes, as you, but also Semillon, uh, which is a, another fabulous uh, French white uh, wine grape that I really enjoy a lot. And, the, and those are used in the Sauternes. In fact, both the Sauvignon Blanc and the Semillon are the two classic grapes that are used to make a lot of the, the great wines. And in fact, as, as we'll discover a little bit later, it has an influence even in America. So, and, and of course, in the Loire Valley, of course, you have the Sancerres. Those are some of the more expensive ones you'll find. Sancerres usually, what, 20, 20 or more for Sancerre. You're asking me? Well, uh, you know, I thought you were the guy <laughs> that would know all the guy. prices on You're things. You're the one who sells it. You're the one who slings <laughs> he, it. He just has a blank look on I his face I, like, like, what I do I know about prices? I don't, uh, have, okay. I don't have I don't have Sancerre prices memorized, oh, so okay. let me just put it that uh, way. Right. Right. I, I could look it up online.com, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, Kevin will immediately okay. tell me to get away from that. I'll take you off the hot seat then. No problem. Okay. Well, yeah, it's it's. Twenty to thirty is, is not an unusual price to pay for a sunset. That seems about right. Yeah, and, and they are they are great classic ones. The Entre-de-Mer, on the other hand, this this one is eight ninety nine. Um, and although if you love Sancerre, this won't this wouldn't replace it in your heart. You'll still find that at that price, you have an awfully good wine, uh, particularly a great summer wine. Uh, and th- this is also yes. great with with seafood. It's a value and, play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In a good way, not a yeah. not a value, not a cheap. Uh, I gotta value tell wine. you, given uh, well, we're about to reveal you know the price of this wine, uh, Jim. I'm I'm doesn't taste anywhere close to that price. No, it doesn't. No, like, I, that's ridiculous. I I think the this one doesn't the best. look like that. That yeah. yeah, like this is insane. Um, if you don't mind just displaying the bottle uh, for everybody, just put it right there in the center. There you go, and that's what Jim is talking about. Jim, how much is that bottle of French wine? Yeah, that is eight ninety nine at Trader Joe's. <laughs> this is one of the reasons I like to go to Trader Joe's. So, okay, when when I when, when I just I want to get some more wine and, yeah. and I I I'm down really low on, on in the wallet, then I I know I can still get some here. Uh, I I can see Kevin's pain look, but you know I it's all right. I, I just have to do that it's sometimes. <laughs> and it's um it, it also uh, has. Are we are we insulting anybody? No, here? No, 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 oh, okay. no, not even close. trying to help everybody. So this is the, the uh this is the uh Concours uh Mondial Dieu uh two thousand nineteen it got a gold medal. Wow. So I mean under ten dollars. I mean yeah. it's unbelievable. Uh and uh I should say, Kevin, I mean, don't worry, I probably already sold uh, ten bottles of the of that Cinco uh Cincoro. 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm Cincoro. learning. I, it's confusing right. me with Socorro. I'm, it's I'm all right. I know Spanish is difficult for you sometimes. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's not Spanish, by the way. That's a compounding word of, of two half Spanish words. I but know. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's that early. Was too easy. <laughs> it was so easy. Uh, I gotta say that was a, that was a nice hit. Nice uh, nice takedown there. All right, Jim, continue. So. And so this is twelve and a half percent. So uh, that's the other nice thing about about the a lot of the old world wines. They are lower alcohol. You can enjoy them longer. Sessionable. Uh, exactly. Uh, oh, just waiting to drop that word. Love that word. Perfect. Was. And and I got to tell you, I mean, as you get older, you know, I noticed I was uh, just uh, telling both Kevin and Jim before. It's like, you know, I know where my my number is. It's like a fourteen, fourteen and a half. It's it's too hot for me. Like if I'm yeah. in the thirteen and a half range, like I'm I'm tipping out right there, and I'm. I'm moving more towards the uh, the Pinots, you know, and I think more of the old world uh, 
French French wines versus, uh, and dare I say, even Merlots. I it, rather than you know the big bomb, fruit bombs coming out of California, which are a fourteen and a half, fifteen, or the Australian Shiraz. Oh yeah, well, so some of them will will top even higher than that. Uh, but that is um, your palate's growing up, Eddie. Yeah. Fine. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Nice to grow up finally. <laughs> it's got. It had to happen sometime. Yeah, and you probably could. Uh, you you could probably uh, harvest these to get a a, a a lower alcohol level in California, and they do. So some of them will, will do that, but they they realize a lot of people are looking. You know, again, higher alcohol. Besides that, and the fact that they relax sooner, if you will, uh, is also it provides more body too. And so, so some more people are looking for the mouthfeel and a little bit more body, and the more alcohol is going to deliver that. So uh, you know. But if, if you're doing it in an old world style, then you then you can probably do it with less alcohol. I think the for all Carano is what thirteen and a half. I don't have my glasses on, but anyway, I th- think it's about thirteen and a half. I'll go in there and read it for you when I uh, get some more cheese and another glass of wine. You're listening to the Spirits of New Mexico here in the Kiva on AM sixteen hundred KIVA ninety three point seven FM. You're joining us live on uh, Facebook Live here on a Thursday morning, or whether that's a Saturday evening to wrap up the week. As always, you can get this. Complete episode, podcastable, and we've been doing this show, believe it or not, more than seven years. Jim has been uh, dropping his knowledge uh, here in the Kiva on wine, and Kevin's been very generous uh, with all his offerings uh, throughout Absolutely. the years. This is the uh, a one-of-a-kind show. Uh, that seven years? Can... Seven wow. years, yes. Wow. Well, you've been here Scary. a little <laughs> yeah. than that. But, uh, I know, yeah, off let, and let's, on, yeah. let's move along. It was 13.8. I looked yep. it up. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh it, right, right, you're right. 13. Uh, 13.8. Yeah. Yep. So that's it's a little bit. Yeah, that's it's actually actually good for. for but I think this the wine. You know, the oak balances yep. that out. Yeah, you it, really that you it, get the it, oak. It really does. Yeah, yeah. So it yeah. doesn't taste hot. No. So so anyway, so this this is the as as I said, this is a uh, 2018 Sauvignon de Seguin, twelve and a half percent, eight ninety nine. It is one hundred percent Sauvignon Blanc. Now a lot of the Sauvignon Blancs they actually blend in some Semillon into them, um, but uh, this is interesting because that grape really carries it through it doesn't you know that what what they do is they add some uh semillon to give it a little bit more not exactly sweetness but a little more roundness right round it out a little bit mm-hmm. but this handles it well Are just uh, no uh, it's still on the still in the yeah. yeah okay we're off it now now we're on the ferrari the ferrari carano <laughs> okay so there are lots of places where you, you can and interesting yeah. a little quick before we get into sure. it this this why this winery was just purchased um by Bill Foley. Oh, really? About yeah, about uh, a month ago. Um, I didn't know. Yeah, he uh, he owns the besides owning you know Foley Family Wines. He's got a <clears throat> excuse me. He's got a ton of wineries, and he also he also owns the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights hockey team. Oh, really? Did you know that, Eddie? Uh, I didn't. I, can't, I didn't catch first part. Uh, the, the guy he, who Bill, just purchased this Ferrari Corona. Bill Foley. Bill. Oh, I Bill know. Bill Foley that. just bought Ferrari. Why do I know that name? He, he owns a lot. What of else does he own? Oh gosh. That's immediately familiar. Does he live in Vegas? I think he does. He's I got, think yeah. he lives in Vegas. Okay, yeah, yep. that's interesting. Yeah, the Vegas Knights, remarkably, remarkably um, uh, successful very early, and you can say the same thing for this winery that you guys represent, Kevin. Yes, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it was a two hundred and fifty million dollar purchase of, for this winery. Really? And I just read the other day too. He's he's gearing up. He's doing a Eddie. This is more on the financial side of things for you, but he's doing a um, SPAC, uh, a, a reverse blank check company, 
where he's got a one point a one point three billion dollar war chest. So the, the the talk is that he's out on the he's out on the on the hunt to buy more wineries. That's really remarkable. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the the price for that it just tells you what type of quality wine that we're drinking. Of it's valued that highly. So many people covet uh, this wine. Um, the Pinots, and then uh, this is what we have here, the Sauvignon, uh, uh, oh, excuse me, sorry, Fume. the Fumé Blanc. Fume I, almost, Blanc. I almost messed up here. This is, jumps jumps right out of the glass, Jim. Yep. I mean, I'm barely here, and it's uh, jumping out of the glass. It's uh, got not a as very muted, good nose. Not as muted as the uh, Sauvignon. He also has a, dis- uh, a wine distributorship in Vegas. He's starting to um, expand his there distributorships. So. Okay. Warehouse. Uh, they're called uh, Epic, Epic Wines. Is the name? There, of it. I do. Yeah, yeah, I know them. That's that's yeah. how I know it. That's, okay. So yeah, there's he's got he's got his he's got his hands in a bunch of things, and I think you're going to see more as uh, industry consolidation happens, and some of these companies either sell or need to be part of a bigger conglomerate. Bill Foley's going to be there snapping them up. That's my opinion, but not fact, just opinion. Yeah, guaranteed. I've uh, met this guy because yeah. I mean, as you know, uh, Vegas runs on alcohol. You live there, Kevin. Yeah. And the warehousing, oh, why doesn't uh, yeah, the warehousing uh, situation over there. Yeah, yeah forget is, about the hydroelectric plant at the at the Hoover Dam. Yeah. It runs on alcohol. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay. Re- by the way, he refers to himself as governor of the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, he has so much money. He's also a philanthropist, so he's uh, in the community as well. These are the types of people you want to support. Anyway, go on, please. Okay. <laughs> so I'm doing a Chamber of Commerce promotion for Bill Foley. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I guess me, so. <laughs> Sauvignon Blanc in California. So that that actually started um, in the 1880s. Uh, Charles uh, Wet- Wetmore, who was the founder of Casablanca Winery, that's one of the old old established ones in Livermore Valley, which is another intriguing area, by the way. That that I've had some Sauvignons from there that I really like. But he was, uh, some of the cuttings he got included the Sautern Vineyards of Chateau de Cam. So could you have a better yeah. a better starting than that <laughs> for some of the most expensive wine in the world? And so, and by the way, that Equem, they, I told you they had a, a complete vertical from 1875 all the way till when I was in Vegas, like 2008, at the wine cellar, the Rio wine cellar. It was amazing. That would be, I, I, I couldn't get through too many years of that, yeah. I don't think. But uh, yeah, that would be pretty impressive. So one of the areas where that has a great expression on the court is, is Sonoma. Uh, again, coastal areas, uh, they, uh, there's a lot of microclimates there that do a wonderful job. Uh, the uh, Russian River Valley is, is, of course, the classic. They also do Pinot Noir and, of course, in Chardonnay. But a lot of good Sablancs in there. Chalk Hill is another great area. In fact, it does add some minerality to their Sablancs. Uh, I don't know if you had any of those before, but those are really nice. Oh, yeah. Chalk Hill. Um, and uh, so, uh, again, they kind of remind me more of, of the Sancerre. And then, of course, then you have uh, the Knights Valley also has some very good areas there. And, uh, in, in fact, these are some of the areas where the this particular Ferrari Corano uh, was sourced from. And, of course, then you can go all the way up to Mendocino and Anderson Valley, mm-hmm. um, and that's another great classic area, again, for Pinot Chardonnay and, and Saint Blancs. They almost all travel together. Those three really like to travel together, it seems, you know, <laughs> where, where, wherever they stop. Hey, hey, Chardonnay, come, come here. This is a good area. We, we should be here. So that's, that, that is, is part of what is going on here. Uh, we already talked about Mondavi calling it Fumé Blanc. And this, this is a term interesting that uh, in, in the case of Mondavi said, well, I'm doing a, a, a totally dry wine 
like they do in France, and I'm doing it with some oak like they do in France. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use where all their names. Oh, we'll call it Ume Blanc. And there's no, and it, it, it's not a um, trademarked name. Because, no, it's not. Right. You can't. Yeah, and basically, you can use that name to, as a descriptor. Right. Of the of the the wine you're producing. And and someone else who's thinking along the same lines of doing it more in the French style. That's that's one way that they might say I'm going to do a a uh, Ume Blanc. Just like someone would say Pinot Gris instead of Pinot Grigio, right. they're talking about doing the French style. And uh, same grape, it's just a different way of, an, of doing an interpretation. i got to tell you, I have to pause for one second and interrupt you here, because I, I was at the Mandavi winery about two years ago, and I got the chance to take a... Jill and I did a bicycle tour through the Tokalon vineyards. They took oh. us on bicycles, and we, we bicycled the six, you know, through the 600 acres or so of, Tok- of Tokalon which was fantastic. And one particular, we stopped at one particular section, and it was iBlock. And I, th- I think I've talked about this before, but years ago, we talked about iBlock. And this is where the original, some of the original Sauvignon Blanc vines are. And they make, a, they make a particular Sauvignon Blanc out of that section that they only sell at the winery. And I think it, it goes up to, I, I think I want to say close to $200 a bottle. Ooh, boy. But it's... It's I, 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 we didn't get to taste it that day, but I've heard it is absolutely fantastic. But I was I was in awe standing next to the forty. We were taking pictures with the vines. Right. These are right. you know fifty, sixty, seventy year old vines, and they just look they look majestic. Yeah. You know they're and they're they're not um, what's the term used? They're not they're not sh- they're they're a little more growing freely. Uh, uh, head trained instead of yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. They're not they're not on. On trellises. On trellises, right. yeah. Yeah, they were, they were, it was really kind of fascinating to see that. But anyway, anytime we talk about Sauvignon Blanc and Mandavi and, and you know, to- Tokalon comes to mind. Right. And is it and called time. the I Block or the I Yai Block? No, it was just, just right. the letter I, the letter I, because it was, <laughs> they actually have each plot of vineyard uh, lettered and numbered. Oh, yeah. So this is the I Block. And it's just, that's what it's known as. Cool. So anyway, I digress. Please go on, Jim. Oh, but that, that's okay. Um, the, um, that, that term has probably been misused as a marketing term before, but typically it means dry, very dry and possibly oak age, uh, or to differentiate it from wines with excessive pyrazines. Pyrazines, I knew someone would say, what, 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 what Jim, is that? what is a pyrazine? Thank you for asking me that. <laughs> According to my own bucket, uh, of wine folly, of course, uh, what makes Sauvignon Blanc unique? From other white wines are its herbaceous flavors of bell pepper, jalapeno, bell pepper, gooseberry, yes, and grass. Yes. These flavors come from aromatic compounds called pyrazines. Those, that's the secret uh, to what makes it unique. Not in, not in this uh, Fumé Blanc. No, you won't get that no, in the it's Fumé, not there. Fumé Blanc. The no. oak, I think the oak kind of, that's, the in, oak in definitely fact, that's what, we were, that's what we were saying, yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is, is you won't get that. So yeah. it, it, you know, if, if you like that, not everyone likes the heart. In fact, a lot of people say, oh, it's too grassy. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the things that you're doing. And I don't want green chilies or bell peppers in my wine. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Some people actually think that's, that they, they actually seek that out. So we, we, we just want to make sure you're, you're aware of that. So um, this particular wine, uh, again, it, it says North Coast, and it was kind of interesting. This is one of the areas that was defined by... Uh, that um, Madame Piquet called one of the classic areas. One, of course, was Loire, France. The other is North Coast, California. 
And as as we mentioned before, this Chrono is labeled North Coast, and that's because of some of what's in it. Now, the, the website, by the way, because this is a really big winery out, out there, they have a wonderful website. Uh, I, I love investigating these because they have so much good information about any of the wines there. And I, being a wine geek, I always appreciate that, of course. But they're identifying this one, the wine uh, flavors of grapefruit, lemongrass. There you go. Lychee. Okay. Pear, citrus, orange blossom. Oh, yeah. Peep and peach. I wow, is it I all, never, in that, I, I never, all that in that glass of wine? That's amazing. You know what? Go how do they stuff all those things in there? Do it again. Do it again. I got orange blossom for how sure. They, how do they fit all that? Can you, <laughs> can, you, can you go through the... the, the sure. Grapefruit, lemongrass, lychee. What's the, I don't know what lychee is. What's lychee? Uh, lychee is a tropical fruit. It's very intensely sweet. Uh, it's like a little white. How do you spell that? Thing. Lychee nuts. L y c h e e. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pear obviously. C- citrus is kind of generic. Orange blossom and and peach. Uh, and again, again, this is. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know what it looked like. I had yeah. no idea what a lychee was. Yeah. I thought it was one of those things that I'd have to get off my body when uh, I get through the swamp. Okay, so we got lychee and what else? Uh, well, we got orange blossom and peach. peach Definitely pe- those. The peach is like a really pronounced. Yeah. So yeah. You, you feel that? Absolutely. Yeah. Th- this and again, they can get the yeah, grapes get here to full harvest because of where it's located, right? Okay. Uh, they have as long a, and and again because of the the, the area with the that diurnal shift that you have, you've got you you get the grapes to cool in the evening so you can maintain some of the acidity. You uh, give them a long growing season, and they come out, and they reveal a really complex uh, bevy of, of flavors, which is what we got here. My um, gosh, this thing is like the Palace of Versailles. We got a fruit salad have going seen, on in here. Have you, <laughs> have you seen this uh, Ferrari Carano uh, Vineyards and Winery? Have you have you been there? Have you visited? I haven't. I haven't. Been I don't there. think I. I've, actually, I don't think think I have. Uh, uh, we're going. <laughs> okay, road trip. Oh my! It, it is. It, I've, I've seen pictures of it. It is a very impressive. It is gorgeous. Yeah. No wonder he bought it. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna grow some uh, grapes and uh, kick it out. This thing is gorgeous. Yeah. So, so these grapes were sourced from a lot of places. They were sourced from Dry Creek, which is not a really nice area for Sablon. More, more Zinfandel. I, yeah. I like the Zinfandel from there, but yeah. uh, Alexander Valley. Uh, and again, even though I normally think of red wine uh, grapes from there, because that's they do a lot of those cabs, for instance, and, and Syrahs. It also is a really nice area for uh, certain expressions of Sauvignon. And then, of course, the Russian River I mentioned in Knights Valley. And, of course, then they also had some from Mendocino. I'm guessing Anderson Valley, but I don't know for sure. And even up in Lake County. So this is all what's called the North Coast. So it is a fruit salad of fruit salad. <laughs> well, it is, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. a good way. I mean, it's, br- it's bringing together all these different grapes that are that are bringing in nuances and flavors that's why you can get all that all that yeah. stuff all that in one yeah. glass there you go well in fact each each different uh place that they source the grapes from they do them separately in stainless steel yeah. okay they they if they're going to do oak they want to do it after because you right. can control right. it more and and if you ferment an oak it really adds it really adds a lot of oak when you ferment so you don't want to do that stainless steel Temperature controlled, you can control the exact temperature you want for exactly the expression of that grape that you want. And so they're sourcing all these different grapes, and then they 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 are all done separately in vats. I think it says something about that here. And they're all uh, blend, blended together. And yeah, then, and, and, and then, then they're the all oak. blended together. So And then put in the oak yeah. after blending. 
Yeah, so, so it was 64% stainless steel and 36% older French oak barrels. So the idea is, is to get the aspect of the oak, not too much of, of the expression you have from that because you have a lot of flavors that come from it, yeah. uh, ginger and cinnamon and things like that. So uh, what they're trying to do is really focus on the fruit and focus on how they can emphasize the fruit. And they've been doing this consistently for 35 years. It tells you like the oak just kind of rounds it out. Yeah, provides just provides that finishing touch. Yeah, to, and, and to you also have the oxidative coupling, which which adding a little oxygen into it to yeah. allow it to open up properly. So, By the way, do you know where this this winery is in a place called Healdsburg? Do you know where that is? Oh boy, yeah. do I know where that is! <laughs> yeah, I, I know really well where that is. This place is gorgeous. Oh yeah, I've never even heard of it. I never even heard this is in Sonoma County, and. Uh, yeah, this what, place is amazing. One of the uh, one well, of, it is, and it was so amazing. I set a few scenes in my book, the Phoenix Society, there. Oh, really? <laughs> so I, I know wow. Hillsburg real well. One of my uh, former college uh, classmates is a uh, executive chef. He owned a restaurant in Hillsburg called Cyrus. And Cyrus. Jim, Jim okay. might be familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Shut it down a few years ago, but he, uh, I think he, I think he got a Michelin star out of that. But it was, oh, good. Uh, what a quaint, beautiful, uh, beautiful. little, tiny oh, it, town. It it's he's, really down, he's down the road now, right at the uh, Fremark Abbey Winery uh, with a restaurant called Roadhouse, uh, Roadhouse 29. Uh-huh. Now. Cool. But, he, but that, that, used to, that was just formerly a restaurant called Two Birds, One Stone, which, which, he, <laughs> which, he, I like that. Yeah, which he converted to Roadhouse 29. So, so there's actually some other wines. When you get up to Napa, go visit him. His name is Doug, Douglas Keene. Doug, he actually won Top, top Chef Masters. The first year, oh. he won. Yeah, he's a he's a really good chef. Anyway, I go on. Please. So the, uh, Hillsburg is just down the road from Francis Ford Coppola's uh, uh, winery, but there's uh, five wineries uh, that are there, and obviously the the, the best oh, yeah. one or the biggest one, worth two hundred fifty million dollars, uh, is, is is this one. But there's Segisio, Williamson, and Sapphire right. wines uh, all right there. What an amazing place, and just uh, just up the road from Santa Rosa. Have you been Co- the Coppola winery? Is gorgeous too. Oh yeah. My gosh. It's like a castle on the hill. Oh, yeah. Museum upstairs and everything. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's Hillsburg, cool. too. Uh, when Barbara and I were, go- we went there often, uh, and we dined there uh, many times. We loved being around the, the commons area. There was one place there that had all the memorabilia from the 50s, so you could go back in time, uh, which was kind of cool. And then at one time, uh, Claude de Bois had their, a tasting room there. We went in. We just strolled in there. They were doing vertical tastings of their top Cabernets and Chardonnays with all these exotic cheeses. So we, we tasted about six different years of each of the, the top, you know, the Briarcrest, I mean, the real top end stuff. It was all free. Wow. Boy, Quite the value was there. that a long time ago? That, that was, was a long time, time ago. ago. That had yeah. to be a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to happen now, but no. it, it, was, it was quite <laughs> memorable. So, yeah, I, I know Hillsburg really well. By the way, these places aren't without their challenges, uh, current uh, – Temperature and environment, the weather environment. Uh, there's forest fires all over oh, yeah. California oh, yeah. right now, yeah. and so the weather is actually smoke. So, uh, and I know Jim. A couple of years ago, uh, when we were missing Kevin not being here, uh, we were really uh, talking a lot about that, the smoke taint. Oh yeah, this- and how much it was impacting those crops. I mean, this is a. I mean, at 250 million dollars, which is what Bill Foley just invested this. You know, that has a real uh, that's a real challenge to his investment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the Hennessy fire is just touching the edge of Napa. I was reading this morning. It's almost it's right on the edge of Napa right yeah. now. Wow. And so hopefully they'll be able to contain it. Pray and for them. Yeah, there was a there was yeah. a vineyard that just I, I remember the name of it, but it just barely missed 
burning it down. Like they they were able to help save it. Yeah, a, a, a lot of the, a like lot of two the, nights ago. A lot of the the winemakers here, the papyrus, they they go in and and actually risk their lives to try to protect their their crops. Yeah, it's a. Uh, can be really scary, and, and and a couple of people have lost their lives. In, in that well, I mean, this one last night. I don't know if the I don't know if the vineyards got hit, but the, they were trying to protect the building, like yeah. the, the 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 winery itself. Oh yeah, would, was almost they lost a cottage on the property, but not the main winery. So, so it's a scary time up there. Hopefully, uh, we'll we'll yeah. keep them in our thoughts. Hopefully, the the firefighters can get to it and slow it down and yeah, it's, stop it's, it. It is that time of year. Yeah, unfortunately. So, all right. Moving away from the the uh, all the smoke and heat from there, we're going to go all the way across the the ocean, almost all the way over to New Zealand. Uh, New, New Zealand, of course, is right next to Australia, and of course, they they both are very good wine producing countries. And uh, al- although they have been growing grapes there for a while, the the real explosion was in the 90s, and everyone discovered New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs, and a number of of uh, wine experts even said that they were the best expression of Sauvignon Blanc grape they had ever encountered. Really? Oh yeah. So, and the prices were pretty good too. I, I mean, you know, uh, ten dollars uh, is not an unusual price to pay for really good Sauvignon Blanc from from New Zealand. Uh, and uh, again, the Marble area is the classic area most people are familiar with. The Marble area is the northern. Uh, the north uh, eastern side of the South Island, okay, and it's a whole area there to, uh, that has two big bays um, and two major rivers that that flow through it um, that form three distinctly different areas. And of course, grapes can be sourced from any one of those three or all three, depending on on the producer. And uh, so the wine that we have for this one is a Marlborough, of course, New Zealand. It's uh, Tuatea T U A. T-E-A. They actually hopefully provide the pronunciation key in case you wonder. <laughs> Tua T-A. Tea. Uh, excuse me. Tua Tea? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a Maori term that means the crest of the wave. So I thought that was kind of a poetic thing to put in there. The, quest, the crest of the wave. And it is uh, 2019. It is about uh, 13% alcohol. So that's that's fairly typical. Thirteen to thirteen and a half is normally what you'll see for alcohol in the New Zealand versions. And of course, Hawks Bay is another one that has really great ones. Uh, so, yeah, I, but, think, I always think about like a Matua, which is another Maori right. term, Matua, or uh, Oyster Bay, or even uh, Brancot. Right. Those are all, those are some of the classic wines you'll find out of out of that area, yeah. New Zealand. And and I'm I'm about to try this one. I'm a little nervous because. So far, I haven't had a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc I didn't like, but um, <laughs> after I finished the, the one I'm hey, on. Hey, ca- catch me up very quick. Sorry, I had to step out. Uh, we got busy over here. By the way, leaders to the spirits of New Mexico. So you're just about to jump it, jump into the New Zealand the yeah. marble? Yep. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, yeah, th- th- like I said, since the 90s, they have been really kicking butt with it, their wines. Oh, the nose right away. I mean, right away, you get that difference. <laughs> oh yeah, right off the bat. I'm afraid to ask. No, 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 no. It's uh, no more. It's more good. like I said, tropical and grassy. Those are the two things that right. come, like they come, they merge together in my mind. Uh, let me go in there. Um, Definitely get that tropical grassy nose. That's just kind of what jumps out at me. 
And this one from Trader Joe's is, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, is six ninety nine. Oh, my. Really? Yeah. <laughs> six ninety nine at Trader at Trader Joe's. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, I mean, that, that's why we had three wines here, Eddie, because we could afford three I'm not going to use the word, uh, I'm not going to use the word acidic. So, Eddie's reporting, referring to the Ferrari Carano as unbelievable. Yeah. All right, so the, the, the Jim, use the term crisp. It's definitely crisp, which means there's a lot of acidity. Right. It's <laughs> a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, this just, the acidity just jumps at you. You're right, like, like jumps up and the acidity jumps up and punches you in the face. It really does. It's strong, but, but in a good way. You know, it's a, like you said, you, this is what the one. What is that sharp note? What is that? On the on the nose? Yeah, what is that? It's almost like a spike in my nose. What is that? Well, well you're definitely getting serious gooseberry on on this one. Is that what that is? Yeah. Oh, that yeah, really. I was I just I just like blanket it with the word tropical. I just throw a blanket over. Yeah, it. yeah that's definitely <laughs> like like bubble gum. Tropical bubble gum. <laughs> tropical. It's a little le- lemongrass. Going I don't know on what there. it is, but some, some something you'd find in the tropics. Yeah, I'm I not. said the acidity punches you in the face yeah. when you taste it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah I haven't. It's, I haven't uh... it's really powerful you're right the pucker the pucker factor is there on the on the mm. cheeks it, 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 jim's like chewing on it look at this he's like he's chewing on this are wine you, are you liking this oh yeah he's he's really? like he's, absolutely he, i mean he's eating it like a ham sandwich here he's I'm, like I'm, chewing, I'm, he's and chewing I'm like, on and i'm like deciding whether or not i want to drink it oh no it's good is it yeah it, i just want to know it. what that sharp note is are you saying that that's the gooseberry uh well I'm not sure what what you're picking up on your palate. I can tell you what I pick up on, on mine. But yeah, that sticks out in the note. I haven't got yeah, to the yeah, palate yet. The, it, it's not as complex as some of them, which is probably not surprising because it's a, it's a very inexpensive wine. But You cannot taste that wine after you taste what we tasted. <laughs> so if I was to put these in the order of the way you want to taste them, we'd go with the New Zealand first. Yeah, New Zealand is first. That, is that fair? Yeah. Is that fair? Did I do that right, Kevin? Yeah, I'd say the New Zealand first, then, it, the, then the Entre de Mer second, yeah. and then the and finish off with the Ferrari Carano. Oh my gosh, I so finish off with the Ferrari Carano. Bring it back home. <laughs> <laughs> can always go. We can always go back to that one, but that's no problem. I was, this is I one was, hell of a buy. I mean, uh, yeah. what's the price point, uh, Kevin? Sorry, yeah, to put no, you on the fine. spot. What's the price point for the uh, Fumé Blanc? Uh, uh, wow. What year is that? Give it to me. That's a 2019. 2019. I'm going to guess Fumé. it's probably going to be like. You know, twelve to fifteen. In that uh, range. The SRP was they said it was fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. I was going to guess in that twelve to fifteen range. from their website. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the fifteen dollar Sauvignon Blanc. The, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. There it is. Wine dot com twenty nineteen uh, yep. thirteen ninety nine. I was right there. My God! Right. Yep. Woo! <laughs> no, they're they're all for the prices. They're all really good and and and. Different, and again, if you're not that keen on on a lot of acidity, but, but it, it, again, it depends on what you put it with. I haven't tried it with the cheese. I I suspect I'm probably desperate for cheese now. To I go gotta with say, that. most, but Eddie, most of the New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs that are that are uh, top of their class are are not expensive. They're going to run. I mean, okay, the six ninety nine is a little on the low side of things. Right. Yeah, it is. But you're probably going to see anywhere from seven ninety nine to ten ninety nine or eleven. You know, like yeah. it's it's. Right around that, let's just say either side of ten dollars is probably where you're going to find most good New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs. Yeah. So well, I know that, the you know. Uh, worst headache I've ever had was after I drank 
New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, and I don't think I've drank it since, believe it or not. Well, you're just tasting it now. You're not actually. Yeah, we're, we're just, just tasting. Well, I think it, I've so. tasted enough of it because um, that Fumé Blanc. What you want the honest opinion? I'm giving you giving it to you hey. straight. I like all three, but if I had to, uh, you, you know, go if you know, I've got fifteen dollars in my pocket. Do I want to get? Uh, Two bottles of what Jim brought in, or your bottle of the Fumé Blanc. I would get the Fumé Blanc all day long. All oh, wait, day long, the... twice on Sunday. There we go. Is that okay? Can, can I not have an opinion about what I want anymore? This is why we do this Absolutely. to compare, to compare and contrast, and to yep. and to bring it all around. So, I think it was a that that's totally valid. And, and in fact, uh, I, I like the uh, I don't like New Zealand wines uh, without food to go with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a couple that back oh, off a go. little bit on it, but most of them are just like, as soon as I start sipping it, and and the, my the size of my mouth are caving in, I'm looking for some cheese or crackers, something to go with it. But again, it pairs wonderfully with with food. I mean, you want crisp acidity. That's part of what you're gonna. That's what's gonna allow all the saliva, everything to just really combine in the mouth, and you and you get and it makes for great. I, 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 Tell you some of my favorite nights. We come home from and uh, and Jill and I are talking. Jill's like, I don't know what we're gonna do for dinner. I'm like, we'll just do char-, and she goes, we'll do charcuterie. Open up a bottle of wine and get some charcuterie and some and cheeses and meats and crackers and and we just sit around the table and we just nibble on cheese, meats, olives and crackers and drink some wine and and to me some of the, those are some of the best meals. Yeah, where oh. it's not really a meal at all. It's just a it's a session of of uh, enjoying all the. All and, the things and, that go with wine. And by the time you're through, you say, do we want to have dinner? No, <laughs> no you know, the appetizers were enough, actually. That was dinner. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was dinner. But we've yeah. done that before. Yeah, we, we throw one of those French uh, tarts on, on there that's that's got the oh, uh, yeah, mushrooms yeah, yeah. And, and the various cheeses. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we've done those a few times. With And, and by the time we, we've done one of those, uh, some of my elaborate appetizers, Barbara says, I don't want supper now. <laughs> right. Well, okay. Well, we'll, we'll just have an, open another bottle of wine. By the way, this has been another great edition of the Spirits of New Mexico, gentlemen. Another hour-long uh, session uh, here with Kevin Petrusnik as well as uh, Jim Hammond. And, uh, Kevin, you want to give another review and quick shout-out to the people who yeah. made this happen today? Yeah. Uh, thanks to our friends at uh, Ferrari Carano. Uh, great, fantastic winery. And, uh, and of course, our... Newest addition to the family. Oh, yeah. The Sincoro tequila. So here, look, here. look for that in your favorite uh, local wine and spirits shop, and that's coming out soon. It, it'll be hard to miss because it's yeah. a huge bottle. I'm predicting it's going to sell out pretty quick, so you're going to have to you're going to be lucky to get your hands on it. We, have a, we brought in some product, and we have another PO coming in, a, in about two weeks, so uh, we're going to try to keep it in stock. And So a lot of people are going to try to create a circle with this, huh? Uh, I would love go it. go fast. I would, lo- I would love it. So, but thank you for uh, allowing us to uh, to be part of the show. Oh, oh absolutely. absolutely. This is uh, great. And uh, uh, Jim, your Wines of Enchantment Compendium, we can find it where? At Amazon.com. And on the Kindle, right? And also on Kindle, yes. Kindle's probably a lot easier to, to deal with these days. So I, I, I do a lot of stuff on Kindle my, myself. And don't forget, folks, you can pick up Wine Folly. Uh, Meredith uh, has that. Uh, or Madeline, excuse me, uh, has that. And uh, winefolly.com is the website. Uh, best resource for uh, understanding and learning about wine and probably the most fun place uh, as well. A little anecdotal uh, tidbits, uh, which uh, really contribute a lot to 
uh, wine. Uh, a couple of uh, quick things as we sort of close out the show. The Malouf family was really the big alcohol and um, uh, liquor distribution family here in the state of New Mexico for some time. And interestingly enough, on uh, Kevin Petresnik's um, uh, uh, thoughts here about the Ferrari Carano, which he brought in the Fumé Blanc, which you can pick up for $14. Unbelievable uh, value, by the way. Um, they actually partnered, or Bill Foley partnered up with the Malou family to actually launch uh, the Vegas Golden Knights in Las Vegas, Nevada. They pre-sold 10,000 season tickets, and that's how they got the Vegas Golden Knights uh, into uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. So interesting uh, story there. And uh, Maloof's, uh, to this day, are still up and operational, uh, despite trying to get rid of their uh, liquor distribution in order to save uh, what was the uh, Palms Casino during the uh, the last And uh, they owned the Sacramento slowdown. Kings for a while? They did. Yeah. They also owned the Houston Rockets. Houston the Sacramento Rockets. Kings, when, when they were in the Western Conference yeah. Finals, uh, yeah. that's when they were to go head-to-head to, you might remember, Vladi Divac, right? Yeah. Not the name of a... a, a Eastern European wine, but the name of a, a great uh, seven-foot center. <laughs> there we go. And, and one more time, that uh, that uh, tequila is? Cincoro. There we go, folks. Five, five gold. Cinco. Thanks for listening. Make it a great night, everybody. Be safe. Drink responsibly. All that kind of good stuff. Uh, we'll see you bright and early on the other side, 4 p.m. Monday, here on AM 1600 KIVA 93.7 FM.
is lonely again And only last year everything seemed so sure Now life is awful again A truffle of hearts could only be a A week in Paris will ease the bite of it. All I care is to smile in spite of it. I'll forget you, I will, while yet you are still burning inside my, inside my brain. Romance is much stifling those who strive. I'll live a lush life in some small 